You gave me uh, like a top five. I gave you a top five challenge. Way, way, way back. And I thought to myself, hey, let's stop being mean to each other on this. Let's, I'm going to give Chris the easiest thing possible. <laughs> I'm going to give him the whole of history. <laughs> yeah. Takes five films from. But the thing is, it's not easy. I'll tell you why. Like when this top five thing, for anyone who's new to the podcast, on the off podcast that we do, we do one like, guest spot, and then the following one we do like a meaty, crappy film review. That's our, our kind of process. Yes. These top fives are supposed to be fun, lighthearted, enjoyable. We pick uh, like a top five movie-based things, whether it be uh, movie remakes that we'd like to see, uh, cartoons into movie form, and we've done a lot of sports movies that we've never seen made. And you gave me this like behemoth of, uh, of a category. And, yes. I, and I was thinking, okay, not only have most of the major incidents in our world history been covered, apart from the Big Bang, you know, well, I suppose you could arguably say that that has been covered in some shape or form in, in cinema. But Mostly you have exposition at the beginning of a film. Like, yeah. In the beginning, there was nothing. Yeah, but the, 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 most of our major historical events are pretty depressing. Or you know, resulted in death, famine, the plague, you name it. I mean, it all big stuff. And I'm thinking, mm, how can I put a bunker twist on this? Um, and quite frankly, I couldn't. So um, <laughs> I have picked five quite interesting ones. Okay. And they are serious. These are serious things. Okay. So, right. so we're, we're, you know, we're going to talk about them as best we can. And, and then I'm going to come back to you with a, for your top five, something that you might actually enjoy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry then. Okay. Come at number five then. Come at number five. Okay, so this is my number, and I looked at everything. Can you define the order? Is this a particular order, or is no, this? <laughs> no, it's not. No, I don't do orders. This is a list. Right. Okay, so An unordered list. Number five is the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Now. This is a fascinating oh. story, okay, it's a bit, a bit heavy. So the Industrial Revolution changed a lot of things. Okay? But one major ramification was the growing sense of identity and nationalism. And by 1914, the new technological innovations like tanks, machine guns, and deadly gases, Europe had become a powder keg of factions just waiting to go to war. So To war! <laughs> so... On June the 28th, 1914, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, heir to the Austro-Hungarian Empire, toured Sarajevo to inspect the armed forces of Bosnia. Something Serbian nationalists weren't happy about. Uh, Mafia, they weren't happy about this at all. So Ferdinand, Ferdinand and his wife were shot by Gavrilo Princip, a Serbian nationalist. The Serbian government was blamed for the attack, which sparked World War I. Isn't that a fantastic paragraph? There's a lot there. I mean, that is a, a plot. There's, there's various levels of film that, that could be. Yes. I'm surprised they haven't made a film of this, obviously, because you know, at school, at history, we always learn of the short-term causes and long-term causes of the, of the First World War. And that this one's obviously is the, the sort of primary sort of like 
straw that broke the camel back kind of situation. So yeah, no, I, don't, no. I don't. I don't think, and I may be wrong, but I don't think that Franz Ferdinand's been represented in in uh, on celluloid. So yeah, I found it quite a fascinating tale and something I didn't know. And I think it would yes be quite a, a long film. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be a lengthy one. It'd be quite. Uh, it's got Gary Oldman written all over it. It certainly has. <laughs> Well, anyway, I enjoyed reading the paragraph and I enjoyed reading it. I, lo- I love the fact <laughs> that your research is a paragraph. <laughs> was this paragraph on Wikipedia? By any chance? Well, did it sound like it was written by me? No, no, God, no. No. So, yes. <laughs> uh, you'll find okay. that everything I'm write- reading to you now has been stolen from the web, which is what it's there for. That's what it's there for. Yeah. Just Steve Teasery and cat videos. That's all it is. Okay. So then my next song, which is number four. This is like the, the Edward Snowden reports back in 2013. So quite a recent event. And I'm fairly oh, certain yeah. it's not been covered. So Europe-wide eavesdropping scandal, it was basically. Whistleblower Edward Snowden reports on the eavesdropping and espionage methods of the US intelligence agencies, CIA and NSA. And Chancellor Merkel's phone was also bugged for the for some time as well. So loads of kind of espionage, whistleblowing, and all sorts of uh, intelligence and you know CIA kind of NSA. <laughs> I'm just saying stuff that I'm reading. <laughs> They're just initials. They <laughs> mean nothing anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just thought it was an interesting story. Edward Snowden being a, a, a fairly big character in 2013 and, and the legacy he's left behind in terms of. Sort of outing and the eavesdropping of all this this scandal that happened. Yeah, um, I I'm hate not- to piss on your fire, but I think that film has been made. No, no, it hasn't. We've got J- just just Joseph Gordon Levitt. I think it's called Snowden. Yeah, no, uh, yes, yeah, it made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that one. Yeah, but that's not this story. Oh, what's that about then? Um, it's about a different Edward Snowden. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, that is a different kind of whistleblowing. I think it's the whistleblowing championships from 2013. So right, or is it up, up the mountain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. completely different film, mate. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. All right. Just Isn't thought it? it sounded similar. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. It's not. Uh, should we move on? Let's move on. <laughs> this one, I'm fairly certain, is pretty kosher. But this is number the three. Titanic. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Um, so I've got the fall of the Berlin Wall, November the 9th, 1989. Um, so for decades, the Berlin Wall had stood as a symbol of the Iron Curtain splitting West and Eastern Europe. And then in, obviously, November 1989, it was demolished. Uh, yeah, it came down. So on one side, communist author- authoritarian states, and on the other side, liberal dem- uh, democracies, and the wall had been built to prevent East Germans escaping into the West. And indeed, many had been shot trying to escape. So we know it's very symbolic. It's a, it's a big, it was a big thing in terms of the... Uh, Whenever I hear about the, the fall of the Berlin, Berlin Wall, I always just think of David Hasselhoff. Well, this is what I've got, already got this idea of Hasselhoff. Um, you know, he could play a character... Or he could play himself in this because he was a big figure. And maybe it could all just be from his perspective. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, an iconic moment in history uh, for all the yeah. right reasons. Um, big moment. As far as I know, there haven't been like a film of this kind uh, documenting maybe the lead up to it, pick out some important people from, the, from governments on both sides and yeah. a reconstruction of that kind of wall coming yeah, down. Yeah, because like I, I remember obviously the wall coming down, but I don't know... 
who instigated that or how that came about. There must have been quite a lot of bits and pieces. So number of, what number am I at now? Must be at number three, four. That was three. Right, so number four. The well, we, we go the other way, Tim, really. <laughs> you always right. do this. You, you always lose your direction halfway <laughs> through. So we started at five, which uh, was Archduke's Ferdinand. Then uh, number four, about the you know never-before-seen Edward Snowden <laughs> biopic. Oh, yes, yes. And then three was the Berlin Wall just. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that means number two. Number two. Right. I've been doing, we've been doing these top fives for a long time and I still don't know which direction to go in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always at the same place. Yeah. Um, three okay. really throws you. So number two is the Gutenberg Printing Press. Now this, this is interesting because this is uh, one of the greatest inventions of the Renaissance was the Gutenberg Printing Press. Gutenberg took the idea of printing from Asia, but made it much easier and more efficient with his press. The first books he printed were Bibles, and they were all sold before he even finished them. The printing press fanned the flames of reading, education, and knowledge, and the new capability of mass printing books that would have previously been copied by hand. Now, you cannot put into words the significance of there cannot be a more significant historical event than that surely and it this has not been documented in a film or well, apart not. from the film about called the printing press <laughs> i'm joking this oh, okay. <laughs> oscar <laughs> nominated <laughs> so now it leads me to uh, my number one yes it is <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you're going to beat the printing press. No, so this one is titled Vacuum. In 1908, James Murray Spangler invented the electric vacuum cleaner. The first model used a broomstick pillow and a box containing electric motor and a fan. He applied for a patent in 1908, and William Hoover helped finance its development for the mass Marvin. Mass Marvin, mass market. <laughs> for the mass Marvins. <laughs> very, very, very niche market they were aiming at there. So <laughs> this is for all the Marvins out there. I got a bit. I got a bit bored about like these massive historical events. and just thought, what, what invention? So, so that sounds like Hoover stole the idea and eventually, or yeah, well, yeah, I reckon. But I, I got a tagline for this. It'd be like this. Movie, oh, this movie sucks. Brilliant. Yeah, love that. Back of the net. Um, so yeah, uh, a film about the, the invention of the, the Hoover or the, the vacuum cleaner, I should Because if it does have that kind of, you know, the founder kind of vibe to it, if it, if it does, you know, it result in sort of subterfuge and stealing of ideas and patents yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So I did enjoy that, the founder. That was good. You seen that? Seen yeah, that? it was the one about McDonald's. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was good. So what do you, what do you think of those that top five? It was... It's, it was different, wasn't it? Uh, curiously for you, I found the last two to be in the right order as, as the top two. I, I know the other ones are kind of huge, massive historical events, but I, I think sometimes these little sort of niche mm -hmm. like, you know, moments in time, and especially, I mean, just to be fair, they could invent some sort of human interest story around these things. They don't always have to steer slavishly to actual historical events. They never fucking do as it is. So, yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think you did well. I think you did Thank well to you. avoid a total bleak, <laughs> bleak fest. Yeah. I'm still going to do the plague. 
Yeah. And then this is uh, the Battles of the Vidolin song where 12 million people died. This is it. Yeah. This is it. There's a lot of dark stuff in history, and even recent history is all very is all very well documented. And all, you know, the financial crisis has been done, and so a lot of a lot of films based on historical events have been made. So my challenge for you, I've got a nice one for you. You'll be pleased. All right. Top five supporting character roles for to feature in their own spin-off film. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. If we were to draw a graph of my process, of my method, something like this. Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action. Wizard, you shall not pass! Cut! Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. So this week the challenge was top five supporting characters that should have their own film. Yeah, this is a great one. And this is uh, one that I was hoping I was saving for myself in case you've run out of ideas. (laughs) Then you run out of ideas and had to use it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But yeah, this is a good one. But did you find this quite difficult? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it was quite tricky because um, you you think of these characters first of all in your mind and then you try and remember the ones which should have had their own film and stuff. And now I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll... I'll trawl through the um, the Oscars Best Supporting Actor Awards because you know that's fundamentally the uh, the, the people we're looking at, and um, it, 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 yeah, it didn't really work out for me that because um, the, the the supporting actor is basically just someone else in the film. Normally, in, in the female terms, it's normally the lead character. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and in male terms, it's uh, it's not normally someone, it's normally something that's quite fleshed out and, you know, basically a, a co-star in their own right. And normally only in the co- the, uh, the the supporting actor category simply because there was a bigger person that they wanted to give the, the Oscar to. Um, mm. So it, yeah, that didn't pan. So then I just saw. Then I just sort of started thinking of the films I'd watched and enjoyed, and thought to myself, I'd like to have seen more of that person. And that's yeah, because it's always I went from tend to be like a, a wacky sidekick or a, a, another sort of interesting character actor that you might think, oh, that would work. Yes. Yes. Well, hit me with it, Matthew. Hit me. Let's go straight in at number what? What are we doing? Are we doing the, the doom? Are we going <laughs> high to low or low to high? What's so so if level one is a shit yeah. on the floor and level five is an alien outbreak, yeah, it's the other way around to that then. So level five would be a shit on the floor. Number five yeah. is a shit on the floor. Number one is the one that if I was forced to only have one do it, it would be that one. Cool. Number five. Number five. Um, John Pantolino. Hi there. Future Matt here. Um, you might have just noticed that I said that guy's name wrong. His actual name is Joe Pantolino. Thank you. Who? Who? <laughs> John Pantolino, <laughs> you, you do know him. Um, he's the guy from Goonies. He's the, the wig wearer in Goonies. Um, that's not the, the character that I've picked for this, but um, he's the... Sergeant guy, the guy, desk guy, and um, bad boys. Again, not the character I picked for this. He's in the Matrix. Joe pa- yes, sorry, I probably missed out the probably most famous role that he did, where he is the he's the guy he's that in loves Memento. steak. Memento, and that is the character of Teddy that I think <sighs> would have I want to see in another film. A car this nice, you should lock. Who the fuck are you, Teddy? Your buddy? Prove it, Sammy. Remember Sammy? You told me about Sammy. Like that whole film, obviously, we're focused around Guy Pearce's character, 
Um, and it's brilliant. It's an amazing film. So innovative uh, and compelling when you're watching it. This whole sort of backwards scene where every scene starts at the end of the, the previous scene or the start of the previous scene. So it's just brilliant. But this the the motivation for Teddy's character is is, is, not, is never really sort of fully realised and sort of like um, where we sort of start halfway through this journey of like, you know, we never see... Um, Guy Pierce's character as a, as a normal guy, and then obviously Teddy gets hold of him once he's got his memory loss, and fundamentally uses him for his own games. Um, it'd just be really cool to have like a prequel to that film where we we learn more about Teddy and why he's 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 doing this. Mm. No, fantastic, and also it, he's kind of got an air of like the Breaking Bad, uh, Better Call Saulness about him, really. You know, the kind of. Oh, there's this it's like a scoundrel trying to drawing someone into their web you know and using them for their own gains yes yeah. it would be a great yeah it would really work it, and especially in the setting it's dusty and it's yeah it's just um, a great character just, and he's, he's a fantastic little character actor as well so it's just something i think he could happily carry on his own um yeah. and like you know if it all built up built up and and, and in, in perfect memento way <laughs> to have it every you know this backwards wouldn't even make any you know it would actually make more perfect sense we just sort of like you know had the film lead up to the point where he meets guy with his um with his memory loss and his uh tattoo addiction <laughs> um yeah i think it'd be good good yes that's a great that's a great one i do like that guy uh great actor great great concept well done matthew thank Again. you chris <laughs> Number four. Number four. Uh, Charlize Theron is uh, the actress. And the role that I'd like to see more of is Imperator Furiosa from Mad Max oh. Fury Road. That's a great choice. Yeah, because um, it, it's a bit of a cheat, if we're honest, because um, she's not really the co-star in, this, in that film. She is kind of like she, she is the main driving force. Um, Tom Hardy's uh, character in it is just kind of reactive and yeah, um, it's, yeah it's just gut instinct and nothing else whereas uh, Furiosa is actually the whole entire reason the film kind of exists uh, and drives it so it's a little bit of a cheat but she didn't get top bidding so I'm figuring to myself hey I can fucking have that yeah, and uh, she's um, she does utterly deserved to be top billing on that movie. And if anything, yes. she should be in the mad. She should have been Mad Maxine, and uh, you know. And I think a prequel showing how she ended up where she was, and obviously the the, the escape plan that she does, and everything. Yeah, like that, that would be awesome. Or even a, a sequel. I mean, we don't always have to go back. I mean, I, I think her character was um, set up enough for us to be able to sort of take that on just like Mad Max was in sort of like the end of Mad Max 2 and that kind of like road warrior. Um, Cause I think a lot of people kind of either haven't seen the first Mad Max or kind of forget how normal a film it was. If you like, really mm. um, is anybody Mad Max 2, which kind of introduced that sort of thematic element of the kind of, you know, dystopian apocalyptic world where, you know, the petrol's king and, strange punk bands uh and men on the fronts of you know lorries with flamethrowers about I mean, like, the streets yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's not normal um so yeah so uh, i think this would it would happily uh springboard to a, another film where she could uh 
uh, I reckon maybe kill Mad Max off straight away and then she can just take over that character. But I think you don't want to sort of do that. You don't want to make, you know, Mrs. Mad Max because her character had more depth than that. And like I say, she had a purpose. Whereas I think ever since Mad Max 2, you know, it's kind of the draw for Mad Max is he, he doesn't have a plan. He just kind of reacts to what's going on around him. So. Yeah, and a fantastic surprise hit as well. Great movie that was. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, was it, that one? No, I loved it. There you go, number four. Nice one. Number three. Hit number me with three. Number three. Um, the Big Lebowski, John Goodman. Oh, <laughs> Walter, the famous Walter. I think this is probably one that a lot of people... Um, would expect to see on these kind of lists of supporting actors. In fact, basically all of the cast of Big Lebowski could probably take their own film on from it, uh, from Lebowski himself to uh, Steve Buscemi's character, Julianne Moore's character. Uh, but yeah, I picked John Goodman because he was just a fucking nutter in this film. Mm. Um, and I think it would just be a good, one of those movies that don't have a point, if you know what I mean. Kind yeah. of just gets up in the morning, has a day, takes a shit goes back to bed again um but then flesh that out a bit <laughs> yeah you might want a bit more plot but yeah, yeah just I mean... him, him negotiating his way through you know those those uh, difficult situations that he would probably crumble at because he's he's, po- he's suffering from uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome isn't he yeah uh, so we, we could do a, you could do like a, a falling down kind of yeah. thing where he just sort of goes off to work one day but never really comes back home again yeah, yeah. No, great idea and, and, and a very scary character. And number two? Yeah, hit me with number two, Matthew. Tom Hardy, again. Yeah. Oh, well, not again, because he wasn't in a previous one. Um, but his character of um, Eames from Inception. Inception. Now, before you bother telling me it's impossible. No, it's... it's perfectly possible. It's just bloody difficult. Interesting. So Arthur keeps telling me it can't be done. Hmm, Arthur. You're still working with that stick in the mouth? He's good at what he does, right? Oh, he's the best. He has no imagination. Not like you. Listen, if you're going to perform Inception, you need imagination. Let me ask you something. Have you done it before? We tried it. Uh, We got the idea in place, but it didn't take. You didn't plant it deep enough? No, it's not just about depth. You you need the simplest version of the idea in order for it to grow naturally in your subject's mind. It's a very subtle art. Um, oh yes I always thought his character there and another Chris Nolan film I'm, I'm sending this guy fucking check after check can't I mm-hmm. um, it, he needs it he needs it he's struggling a bit isn't he um, yeah so the character of Eames I thought was one of the better characters in Inception which is tough going because it's full of very rich tableau of characters but much like um, Big Lebowski so he's kind of had this sort of like uh, kind of special forces kind of vibe to him and stuff, but like mental special forces. So it's kind he's of... Bond, he's Bond, isn't he? He's just doing Bond. but He's, a man. he's like a, a dream Bond. Dream, mm. Dreamy Bond. Dream Bond. Dream Bond. Don't know. Don't know what he'd call it, but... Um, uh, he's dreamy. He's dreamy. Uh, the, the whole <laughs> Inception world is amazing and something that I would like to see on the screen again. Um and he's clearly, you know, and this one would probably would fit better as a prequel. Um, it doesn't really matter, I suppose, just because we, we, you know, follow DiCaprio's character to the kind of his... 
end an arc doesn't mean that that world doesn't carry on existing it's clearly a, a, a fundamental security issue that happens people dreaming of dreams and dreaming of dreams and he's clearly a, a man for hire so um mm. i'd like to see that film number one I'm, i want to i'm getting uh, excited about number one because you've done a, a sterling job so far as per as per um you're not going to recognise the name, or you might, you maybe, maybe, maybe Daphne Keane, who played Laura in Logan, which uh, any uh, comic book nerd worth their salt knows is um, X23 from the books. Um, yeah, yeah, little vicious little fucker she was in this film, and <laughs> it was really good. I very much enjoyed um, seeing her cut people to pieces. So it was her first role, wasn't it? It was her first acting role too, I believe. Yeah. And uh, I think it's one of those, and, and I'm quite excited actually, because I think she is uh, going to be in the Golden Compass series alongside McAvoy, James McAvoy. Oh, is he going to have his, li- his little kind of goat legs again then? <laughs> no, <they're, laughs> no, they have little goat people, don't they? Well, well, uh, goats, goat friends and tiger friends. And oh, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Narnia, where he was Narnia. a little... With his nipples out, with his goat feet. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not Mr. that one. Mr. Mr. Tumnus. Tumnus, yeah, with his little scarf. No, the Golden Compass or... was the uh, was a disappointing film with the polar bear in it. I don't know if you ever saw. Oh it. yes, you shall not pass. Yeah, McKellen and they go. See, what I do is I pretend I'm a polar bear. <laughs> it's actually where that bit comes from because he pretended uh, he was a polar bear from that yes. film. Yes. So, but to focus on this. Uh, <laughs> the, the film ends obviously uh, spoiler alert if anyone's not seen this what five year old film so fuck you uh, Logan dies Wolverine dies at the end of it um, <laughs> and uh, she's kind of his clone and yeah so it, it, there's just a wealth of material out there in the comics that um, they could use um, she's particularly young in this bit uh, so I think I think it worked well, and it, it, it could almost certainly start up a whole kind of new, especially now that Marvel's got the uh, the Fox rights back and they got the uh, mutants back. Um, mm. I think this is one where they could reintroduce the, you know the mutant world and you know take it on from the end of uh, of Logan, kind of shoehorn it in a bit. They'd have to rewrite a little bit of history and pretend that people hadn't noticed that all this shit was going on. But I guess it was kind of small scale Logan, so you wouldn't notice. Yeah, but there, there, was, mm. there were lots of um, other little uh, kiddie actors in that as well that that all survived the yes, and they could they went off together, didn't they, to fought to in Eden or wherever they went to, some place. Yeah, it's interesting actually because I, I had um, I, I put this in number one, um, but I, I kind of had three similar um, roles. So I had like um, Chloe Grace Moretz in the Hit Girl. And uh, Natalie Portman's character from Leon as all potential ones that could go on and do their own sort of kick-ass film afterwards. Um, mm. Again, from comic books, uh, Hit Girl's got her own series of books that run on from uh, kick-ass. Oh, Columbiana, I think, was the unofficial sequel to Leon and was kind of implied slightly. I think in the, in the writing originally, it was meant to have been Portman's character from Leon. Um, mm. But then later on, they just decided not to go down that route and just kind of re- rewrote it um, almost entirely for Zoe Saladana um, to take on as an original character. So it, I, those were those notable mentions that I, I wanted to do. But yeah, so but I, I plumped for Daphne Keane and her Laura Kinney character 
helpful of X23. Excellent. Well, That's fantastic top five. five. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant number one, great character as well. And, and uh, all those ones I probably wouldn't have thought of. I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. <sighs> the last ever top five is upon you. So I, you challenged me to find five standalone films for Star Wars characters. Basically, that was it. Trips off the tongue, doesn't it? I mean, I'm try- I keep trying to think of a more succinct way of saying it, but it is it's that, and I don't think there's a more succinct way of saying it. It's just... I love Star Wars, and I know you do too, but I'm a massive Star Wars fan. And this is this is uh, this was quite heaven, but then it was very difficult to pick five out. Okay, well, I'm, I can't wait any longer, Chris. Um, is there a particular order, or is it just... There is an order. Ooh. So thank you very much. So number five, we've got Cornelius Everzan and Ponda Baba. So I've, I've kind of cheated. It's not just a standalone for one character. It's kind of a double act, uh, uh, a okay. duo, if you like. So you may not know these two uh, by their names, but uh, they were in Rogue One and A New Hope. And they're a murderous uh. duo uh, created but the very first time we saw them. Basically, they were in the cantina in episode one, A New Hope, and we see the effects of the lightsaber for the very first time. Yes, this is the the walrus guy and the pig face man, right? That's correct. Uh, He sacrificed his arm for for us to see an iconic moment on screen. Um, And we thank him for that and his ugly companion. But (laughs) this would be a kind of buddy road movie with a twist because if they have with every Star Wars character, even if they're you know a member of the, if they're just like a in the bar having us having a drink, they've got a rich backstory. Okay, so yes. you can thumb through any any kind, like I say, the encyclopedia and learn about all about the little bat guys uh, past. You know, um, but these two, well, Cornelius Everson is a. Um, he is a doctor or a surgeon, and he's got, his buddy is, is Ponda Bava. He's basically his assistant. They go around basically... Well, that, that, that's canon. That's... Yes. They're, they're, right, they're, okay. um, they, are, they, they kind of do dirty stuff, um, like backstreet surgeons. So it's kind of got a little bit of a vibe of Birkenhair and Sweeney Todd. So it could be a really dark, even potentially could be a a musical. But, you know, Ponda (laughs) Baba just sounds like a walrus. My friend doesn't like you. Uh, I don't (laughs) like you either. But yeah, you can imagine it would be like a really sort of horrible, grotesque kind of horror in a way of these guys harvesting parts and doing dirty deeds on the back in the back streets even it could even be like a like a black comedy where it like at every turn shit goes wrong for them kind of yeah yeah and what a great double act one that we can understand and one that we can't potentially not even give them something i I did not know he was a surgeon i wouldn't Mm -hmm. have pegged it i mean he looks dirty i mean yeah google that one bad boy uh what do you think five good great start yeah i would watch the shit out of that Okay, number four. You ready for this? I'm ready. This is the character. His name is Paudok Draba Takat Sap Directi Nik Kivef Nik Nevasaf Lekek Ak, aka Pau. And he was in Rogue One. Now, this guy, you would remember him as one of one of the only non-human sort of Rogue One uh, characters. His name. Is a mouthful, but he's a little guy with a massive mouth. And he is one of the team that does the assault on Scarif at the very beginning. Uh, sorry, right, yeah. at, at the end of the film. Yeah. Do you know who I mean? 
<laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> he shouts I really do. loud and goes, ah, that's all he does basically. But yeah. he looks so cool. He's got like a little kind of uh, soft helmet on, a uh, big gun and runs around with the human sort of uh, rebels on uh, Scarif. Him and the monkey dude, who are the kind of the only kind of real couple of aliens they used in the kind of the goodies, if you like, in Rogue One, were really, really underused. And I was really disappointed because in a lot of the promo shots that were used for the when Rogue One was coming out, they were kind of yeah. front and centre. But they were kind of really just background characters and had a few scenes right at the end when they were doing the invasion. And so I just think, one of those characters that looked cool, so they used them for posters and promos and then yeah, had, and he, had no real part. But... Um, so for him, I think he deserves uh, a standalone film just for the fact that he looks bloody cool and he was underused in Rogue One. But this would be like a, a really gritty, full metal jacket kind of war movie. So all the kind of uh, soldiers and the rebels that were used on that uh, final battle on Scarif in Rogue One were probably all hardened uh, soldiers at one point or mercenaries. You know, they were the, the bad bunch, uh, kind of like a dirty dozen type affair, um, yeah. which is kind of the movie was pitched as in some ways. Um, but they could have a backstory of those guys and have uh, Powell being like front and center and leading the film. Not necessarily speaking English as well. We could have him subtitled. It'd be, it'd be really cool to see sort of like, uh, like you know, like you say, Full Metal Jacket kind of them in the, the boot camp and through mm. their first few forays with the, the rebellion. No, like that. Are we ready for number three? Oh, you didn't get lost. You disappoint me, Chris. Normally around no, here, I like, know what I'm doing. Like, I know what I'm doing. I've written it down. So number three is uh, the GNK power droid, commonly known as the gonk droid. Gonk, gonk. So you see him and <laughs> crawler and you see him in all the films. They always put one in a little homage to the gonk droid in the background. So he's basically a, a walking trash can on legs. Um, but he, he's, he basically provides power. He's like a walking power unit. Do you know the guy I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big bug square thing. He's big square with like, like, I don't know, tubes for legs with these big metal. Yeah, they did the sort of cheek thing where they put sort of like air duct. That's right. So you, so you couldn't see like human legs walking, but it's, it's got a very fluid walking motion despite it being a, a gonk droid. This would be a kind of silent movie or a love story, a bit like Wally. And we would be seeing <laughs> almost like the trilogy unfolding all these characters in his eyes. So he would be providing power to, I don't know, the pod race or maybe in the re rebellion uh, camp on Yavin. He'd be sort of there in the background seeing all these big, big stuff happening, but he'd be secretly falling in love with another power droid or, or something, you know, like a, a power unit in the corner. And it'd be him trying to woo them with his. Like a forest, forest dunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know you know wally did so much with very little and it was all in the eyes and the way he was that's some of the i mean wally is some of what like the, the opening 20 30 minutes of that is some of the finest filmmaking that you'll see because yeah. there's nothing in it you, you know there's no words there's no words there's no communication verbally and it's amazing I just love to see uh, a gonk droid making out with another gonk droid in some weird perverted way. See, see I'm sold just because I said Forrest Gunk. Gonk, sorry. <laughs> Forrest Gonk. Forrest Gunk. My mama told me life is like an extension cord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, sorry. number two. Yeah. 
this is a bit more familiar, but it's Max Rebo. And Max Rebo was the blue alien elephant leader of the space band called, wait for it, the Jizz Whalers. <laughs> 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 so we see him in Jabba's palace of weirdos and, and we love him. as. But yeah, he, he's a keyboard wizard. He's kind of like, I don't know, some weird psychedelic geezer. And, you know, he, he looks, he is a blue a blue elephant but basically with very stumpy legs he does he actually doesn't have legs he kind of like has i think he walks on his hands there's some interpretations of him there's a big there was a big issue with his toy release because they gave him legs but actually he's his thing that he sits on which is like a big round uh, like a uh, cushion with the keys of the piano going all the way around so he can swivel basically yeah. that on top of that there's no he's not through it so he hasn't got legs in the conventional way he uses his arms his, his legs he's got little paddles so he's like a little stumpy fella. And so the toys aren't <laughs> accurate. So just to give you a little bit of backstory on that. Um, but this would I'm, be... I'm going to go upstairs now and just rip the legs off mine. <laughs> <laughs> but this would be kind of like a, a music kind of... I don't know whether it would be Fly on the Wall documentary, but it would be like a bit like Walk the Line. Um, or TikTok. <laughs> so it look like Kurt Cobain one that we've seen recently. So it would be his like either rags to riches or riches to rags, because I don't know whether him getting a gig on the barge boat with Jabba the Hutt is kind of like the riches, you know, he's making money yeah. off Jabba, he's a, you know, he's a big deal, he's a big uh, warlord or, or, or gangster, or would it be the other way around where he starts off doing these shitty little gigs at Jabba's Palace and he eventually gets spotted by a, a talent agent and uh, goes sky high into like, you know, Coruscant playing the, the big venues a bit like Vegas and gets a red residency somewhere um, with his band, the Jizz Whalers. But he might have a bit of an addiction to something, snorting things up his little blue trunk, uh, <laughs> you know, wading around drunk and gets pulled up by, you know, the, his mates in the band. And then, turns himself around maybe with the help of a woman or another you know, alien. Yes, it might be a bit like a star is born where he's, he helps the young singer or something. And well, then you could have it like um, almost famous where you had like a, like a, a witness in the band following it for like uh, Rockstar magazine or whatever it would be. Yes. In the future. That'd be that, cool. That would work actually. That would work. So that's, that's my number two, Max Rebo and the Jizz Whalers. And so this leads me to number one. And this one is a big clunking obvious one. So apologies, but I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because this, uh -huh. char this character is one of my just favorite characters, not just in Star Wars, but of all time. I, I, I want to be this person, this character. I want, I, you know, I look up to this person, literally. It's Chewbacca. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you seem underwhelmed. <laughs> Oh, no, it's just that the way he's building it up, I thought, oh, it's going to be Boba Fett. It's going to be Boba Fett. No, Boba Fett was nearly there, but I thought, that's too obvious. I can't go Wait, Boba Fett. And he's kind of had his moment of exposition, hasn't he, really? Like, yeah. Because they, kind of, they kind of alluded to how he was you know, created in the outer Clone Wars, etc. But Chewie, okay, cool. Well, th listen, Chewie's got so much potential because what he does on screen with just very little um his his manners he's just like a massive dog isn't he he's just playful he's uh he's honorable he's got honor he's got um 
he's a good psychic. He's a good friend. He's badass at fighting. He's a good shot. He's a good technician. He's a, he's, a, he's everything. He's, he can do he everything. everything. Yeah. He's an old geezer as well. He's been around for 300 years or is it or, or whatever. And he's got a lovely family. <laughs> as we know, this is what I think. So he's got a lovely family with, uh, as we know, with it lumpy and itchy and the other one, uh, Marla. And so, yeah. So there's loads we could do. I don't know whether we would, <laughs> we'd have to go to Kishek at some point, whether there would be like a, a porn hub station uh, <laughs> for him. I don't know. And maybe you just pop home. I mean, I would watch this just to try and get an, uh, an idea of what that fucking thing is that, um, yeah. that the grandpa wears that, that Christmas morning. Whether, no, not for Christmas. What was it? Festival oh, happy happy life day, life day. Happy life day. That was it. Yeah. yeah. So how could I fucking forget? <laughs> yeah. Burn into my retina hole. But maybe you know, in solo, we see how he was. We see his solo and him meet for the first time in that like. He's all chained up and shit. We don't know yeah, how he got there. How did he get there? And it's a bit of a change from I think the canon or what was canon in the books is that he was rescued by um, Han Han Solo from. Bosk and who was a, one of those bounty hunter, hunter lizard guys and their race yes. basically enslaved the, the Wookiees and um, that's how that relationship uh, developed or the Wookiee life debt was created not this kind of meeting in this muddy muddy prison cell um, right. but anyway you know we could either do we could either do a bit more of a backstory on that kind of enslavery thing or we could just go with the fact that how did you get captured by uh, the Empire and stuck in the ditch um, but yeah. yeah I mean, you could keep that as a canon. So you could have like, you know, escaped from the boss at some point and like going home and then got picked up again by the Empire on his way back and then that would then segue like, oh, into no, no, oh, fucking no. hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get home, you asshole. So there you go, that's number it's life day for God. <laughs> that's number one. Brilliant. I knew that'd be good. I knew yeah, I really enjoyed doing it. And um, now, Chris, there, there was some, you know, there some left field choices there. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, like you say, a, a proper store that everyone could really relate to. But yeah, no, enjoyed that. Thank you very much. You're a welcome. good fitting last top five. Mm-hmm.